fit, active, healthy, happy, enjoying the prime of your life. Looking out for your health and wellness, this is Health Talk with Fred Lowry from Lowry Drug in Statesville. Call now to ask Fred your health questions, 704-873-1400, 704-873-1400. You can also visit Fred at his store, conveniently located on Hartness Road in Statesville. Good afternoon, this is Fred Lowry, pharmacist and doctor of natural medicine. Uh, this segment is pre-recorded for... Um, Friday the 17th at 4 o'clock. Hopefully I will be back next week, uh, the following week, with a a live broadcast. This program is intended to share knowledge and information based on my research and experience. It's not intended to offer individual advice and does not replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional. Your daily choices have more to do with your health than uh, most anyone in the healthcare field. So uh, take care of yourself. Uh, hopefully this uh, program will help empower you uh, with your knowledge uh, to take more of a proactive uh, approach on your health. Uh, I thought I would uh, start the show with this. Uh, this was an article from the Epic Times uh, entitled CDC Claims on Vaccination and Natural Immunity Made Without Seeing the Underlying Data according to a Freedom of Information Act. I think uh, at this point, you know, the Center for Disease Control maybe should uh, rename themselves the Center for Disease Continuum uh, based on their history. And this is really astounding to me. Uh, Well, it's not really astounding, but it just is an example of, uh, you know, why why should we trust these, these organizations? So uh, they now admit that they that they recommended the COVID-19 vaccination for people who had recovered from COVID-19, despite the fact that the CDC subject matters uh, experts uh, did not have access to the underlying data. So we've all, always known, it's always been taught, that if you get an illness, it gives you Im- immunity to that illness uh, at some level. So uh, the CDC first made this claim October the 29th, 2021, that unvaccinated people with previous infection was five times more likely to get COVID uh, than the people that were vaccinated. So if you got COVID and you had natural immunity, they said you were five times more likely to get sick again. Obviously, that's wrong to most people. So... Also, uh, this was based apparently based on a, um, a uh, morbidity and mortality weekly report, and uh, the people that were involved with that uh, under the conflict of interest section of the study had noted that a number of the study's authors were being sponsored by pharmaceutical companies, including Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Merck, and GlaxoSmithKline at least four of the pharmaceutical companies were involved in the manufacturing and sale of COVID-19 vaccinations. So um, their, their public announcement that uh, survivors were five times more likely to, to get infected happened on the same day that the study was released as a reprint. So they really had no time to actually review that information. And so a formal request for the data 
of the underlying study uh, was requested. Uh, last week, the CDC replied by admitting that the CDC did not have this data. It was being held by an external partnering organization uh, that was maintained by contract. Another way to put it is that the CDC made vaccine recommendations for people who already had COVID-19 without seeing or having access to underlying data. And furthermore, that underlying data is no longer available. Uh, their failure to scrutinize the uh, study, uh, making such sweeping recommendations uh, is fairly uh, irresponsible. So uh, here, here we have uh, an organization that uh, you know, we would like to be able to trust. It's supposed to be protecting the health of the world. And uh, once again, a, a giant failure in that. And uh, I, I'm sure many of you won't remember but what happens when you with the vaccination is it's really just the opposite. And we've seen this, you know, people that got vaccinated uh, for whatever reason, whether they uh, truly believed in it, and, uh, whether they uh, were coerced in it, whether they had to get it for work, whether they were trying to protect uh, mom and dad or, or whoever uh, has an increased risk of uh, more viral infections through something called antibody-dependent enhancement. So uh, very, very bad uh, recommendation uh, among many, uh, including not uh, using ivermectin, which we've talked about before. So uh, I want to talk about fever. Uh, fever's uh, really a response to, the, a natural response that your body has to take care of uh, types of infection. So there's really no need to fear fevers uh, and really no need to take uh, fever-reducing medicine because your, your immune system is working at its best when, when you have a fever. And, and one of the underlying things for people uh, taking that is they don't want to feel bad. So one of the things that that I, I think uh, is, is true is that when your body gets some type of infection, your body has to go through an entire process to clear that infection. And if you suppress that process in any way, uh, usually the infection goes away, but basically you're prolonging the time that you're sick. So allowing your body to go through the process naturally uh, can uh, reduce the time that, that you're actually sick. So when your body comes in contact with some type of uh, organism, virus, bacteria, uh, that organism uh, impacts the body in many ways and it can secrete uh, toxins uh, known as pyrogens and uh, so that signals your body to, uh, <clears throat> to raise your, your uh, body temperature. It's done through a diff different mechanisms, uh, shivering, uh, their hormones that release, uh, your metabolic rate increases, restricts blood flow to the skin for, you know, to reduce the cooling. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you have a fever, uh, what this is doing is actually uh, trying to get rid of that infection. 
So it increases, uh, improves your uh, antibodies, uh, makes more white blood cells, makes uh, natural antivirals, and uh, it actually walls off iron, uh, which bacteria feeds on. Uh, a lot of people don't really know that sometimes bacteria feeds on iron. It also can feed on other uh, other metals or specific uh, bacteria that are involved in uh, you know removing metal from uh, from contaminated areas. But uh, it's a, another subject entirely. But uh, you know bacteria adapt to to many things and. And so they adapt to their environment, and if they're in environment, they, they, they go towards environments that are beneficial to them. So with a fever response, uh, it, it's a good idea to let it ride. Uh, so for every almost two degrees, your body uh, temperature metabolic rate increases about 10%. Coming up on a hard break, we're going to come back in just a little bit and finish uh, the discussion about fever. This is Fred Lowry and this is Health Talk. Welcome back to Health Talk. This is Fred Lowry, pharmacist and doctor of natural medicine. We were just talking about fevers. Um, so we, we left off with uh, your metabolic rate increases. So you're, you're burning more calories, which is why a lot of times you will lose weight with a fever. Uh, so trying to consume uh, some type of uh, nourishment uh, and, and staying well hydrated becomes uh, uh, really important. So one of, one of the uh, things that uh, there was some study done um, in people, there's been a number of studies done in animals, but uh, I think it's kind of interesting the ones done in people. So uh, apparently uh, they t took ill individuals in an intensive care unit, and uh, one group was uh, treated uh, aggressively with, uh, for, for fever, receiving acetaminophen every six hours, if their temperature rose between 100, uh, above 101 degrees. And by the way, uh, I think 98.6, of course, is uh, the supposed to be normal, but 98 is probably closer to that, uh, just as a side note. The other group only received treatment if their fever reached 104 degrees, which consisted of acetaminophen and cooling blankets until their fever went below 104 degrees. The study had to be stopped early because people within the aggressive treatment group died, uh, more of them died compared with the other group. Seven deaths versus one. So aggressively treating fever in critically ill patients uh, apparently could lead to a higher mortality rate. So uh, one of the, uh, what, what would you, what do you do about uh, fever in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the numbers really. So I, I would say as a guideline, if you have a, an infant younger than three months uh, that gets a fever, you sh should probably seek medical attention. Uh, 
Uh, fevers, uh, you know, anywhere from 102 uh, to 103 are really not generally a problem. Uh, and, of course, you know, fevers rarely get much higher than that. But, you know, if you get over 104 and a half, you might consider treating that. So uh, there are many ways to do that without, uh, without medication. Uh, one good way, if you have a thermometer, uh, you can fill the bathtub with, with water, and you want to try to match the temperature of the individual. And uh, so you, you get about the same temperature, and this works great for kids as well. So you, put, you get in the tub, and you just let the temperature of the, the water naturally cool off. And that gently brings the temperature down versus trying to use, you know, colder treatments in, in the tub. Uh, it's a much uh, gentler way to do it. So you got a question? Yeah. One thing I used to do when I was young and growing up is I wouldn't go into the tub. I would just sit in the bathroom and turn the shower all the way on to high and let the steam kind of, you know, heat my body up a little more and breathe it in deeply. Does that help at all? Yeah, well, one of the things you're doing when you add that moisture to the skin, it's, a, it's, it's like a, uh, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but it, but it allows the, the skin to, to, uh, to, to reduce in the temperature. You know, it is a, has a cooling effect. Uh, the same thing we used to do when we were hiking, backpacking, you take a a neckerchief or something and wet it with water and you put it around your neck and it's, it's evaporating and cooling you know all the blood going through your neck so yeah that, that's a way you know uh, there are homeopathics that are very helpful particularly for children uh, and they can be miraculous there's a, a, a product general product called fever CP for children and, and these are things you kind of need to have on hand really if you uh, because they never happen <laughs> when you're, uh, you know, when, during the day when you can go get a remedy, and and you may be by yourself. So uh, there's there's others, uh, belladonna, homeopathic, ferrumphos, which is a. Uh, so there, there's a lot of things that can be done homeopathically, uh, which reminds me this weekend, uh, I was on a trip and uh, out. Uh, outside the, the the city and i keep my uh in my truck uh, i keep some remedies and uh, i was at a field trial uh horse and uh pointing dog bird dogs and i woke up about one o'clock and i had i felt like i was getting sick and uh, i had felt a little dizzy oh i must be getting a virus so i went outside and uh it, in my truck i keep a homeopathic kit and I took uh, Gelsemium and uh, Nux Vomica and woke up the next morning feeling okay. I felt a little bit of it coming on, took another dose, and, and, uh, and I was good. So early treatment uh, is, is really uh, helpful, you know, in, in any of these. Uh, you know, an, another thing that, uh, that I might mention, a little trick, and you're, you're going to love this, Joe. It's a, a wet sock treatment. I've heard of that. Have you? I okay. Have. So um, uh, a naturopath told me I had had a pneumonia at one time, and he said, "Well, what I would do is a wet sock treatment and uh, take a dose of tuberculosis homeopathically." 
So the wet sock treatment means is, and you can do this if you feel like you're getting sick, if you really want to try to knock it out quickly. You, you take cotton socks and wet them and put them on your feet at night uh, just before you go to bed, and then take wool socks uh, dry and pull over the top of them, and you get in bed. And what happens is your feet get cold initially, it's a it's a type of hydrotherapy, um, and and then they get warm and then they get hot, and what it does is it it's like it brings on a fever, and I got a tremendous fever. I have no idea how hot I was because I I, I was determined not to to cool off, and and I you know under the blankets, just miserable, for. A, a very short period of time, but about three o'clock, the fever broke, and I, I was I was done. So uh, it, it takes a little bit of uh, determination to do that, but it does it does seem to work. It doesn't sound pleasant though. No, but being sick for a week or whatever yeah. is not pleasant either. You're right about that. Yeah. So uh, some people. Um, are concerned uh, about seizures in children. Um, you know, that's not, uh, it, it does happen, uh, that's, you know, and if, if they're, they're small, you know, you, you've got to be careful of that. But certainly uh, <clears throat> watching the fever, <clears throat> keeping a check on it, doing the things we talked about, uh, you know, there's plenty of ways to, to cool people off, you know, to reduce fevers. Uh, that we mentioned, including just uh, a cool uh, cloth. So uh, it's a it's important to try to utilize the body's natural mechanisms uh, for taking care of yourself and, and you know, staying healthy. So the next thing you've heard of, have you heard of oil pulling, Joe? No, I, I have not. This is so. Um, it, it's become popular uh, recently, and it's a it's an older uh, type of uh, treatment. Basically, you're taking uh, usually coconut oil and swishing it around your mouth for a period of time. Um, the American Dental Association uh, still does not recommend it. Uh, they say currently there are no reliable studies that show that oil pulling reduces cavities, whitens teeth, or improves oral health or well-being. Um, so they don't recommend that. And um, I don't know how you would do a study on that. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of things that you that uh, make sense that uh, you don't necessarily need a study. And, and I'll tell you that uh, most of the things or a good number of things done in the medical profession really have no studies to back back up uh, what's going on, you know, in terms of the concept of medicine-based, uh, I'm sorry, evidence-based medicine is the, the, the mantra. And, uh, you know, the evidence would mean that there are studies that, that back up doing what, you, uh, what you're going to do for an individual. But people are individuals, and, and uh, studies... Uh, don't always reflect that. There's obviously a lot of potential problems with studies, as the aforementioned 
study that uh, didn't have any uh, actual data available for people to review. Um, many studies are not reproducible, which is really amazing, and, and the problem with that is a lot of uh, studies are built on studies that showed success. So uh, I had uh, at one time asked a, a doctor that said that to me. I was talking to him, you know, about the evidence-based medicine. So I said, so everything that you do in your practice, you have a study to back it up. And he thought for a minute. He said, well, no, Fred, I, I really don't. You've got a point there. So uh, just a little uh, thing on studies. Uh, so oil pulling uh, has been shown to uh, reduce inflammation. Uh, you know, coconut oil has a lot of great benefits improves dry mouth, chapped lips. Uh, it's reported to whiten teeth. I don't know that, that that's true. Uh, uh, reduces uh, bad breath. Um, so it, it, it does, uh, it is helpful, I think, for gingivitis, uh, inflammatory disease. It, it does have an antibacterial effects, which we've talked about uh, before in terms of, uh, you know, taking care of bacteria so the oil is swished in your mouth, the, uh, the mechanical shear forces exert uh, uh, you know, effect on the, between the teeth and the mouth, etc. We're coming into a hard break. You hear the music. I'm going to have to say uh, we'll be back shortly. Stay tuned. Welcome back. This is Fred Lowry from Lowry Drug on Hartness Road. We were established in 1959, a traditional family pharmacy with a state-of-the-art compounding laboratory. We offer a full line of medical equipment, supplies, including CPAP scooters, oxygen lift chairs. Uh, we also have a uh, full line of supplements. I think you'd be impressed with what we have in terms of nutritionals, herbs, essential oils, homeopathics, and more. Come see us on Hartness Road here in Statesville. We were talking about oil, uh, oil pulling, and uh, I think uh, coconut oil is probably the, the most uh, favorite product for that. As I mentioned before, it, it does have uh, lauric acid. You know, we talked about the antibacterial, antiviral properties uh, of that. And uh, uh, on a previous uh, session, and talking about uh, monolaurin, which helps. Uh, D dissolve the uh, the fat layer around back some bacteria and virus uh, envelopes to help uh, destroy those. Lauric acid can do the same, and uh, there is some uh, sodium hydroxide in saliva, so it's kind of your uh, it kind of makes a soapy type uh, solution there, uh, you know, in, in taking care of that. So the coconut oil is also uh, good for. Uh, for yeast infections, uh, candida-type uh, infections, the white coating on the tongue. So that's another very gentle treatment for that. Uh, uh, ideally, it takes about 20 minutes uh, to do that. Uh, I think it's much better than uh, doing a, a mouthwash with uh, broad-spectrum antibacterial uh, uh, products. And keep in mind, the bacteria in your, your mouth also plays a role in the production of nitric oxide, which has an effect on uh, blood vessels and uh, a lot of other things. 
usually uh, children would maybe do a teaspoonful, an adult maybe uh, a tablespoon, just whatever you're comfortable with. I would uh, mention it's probably not a good idea to spit this oil uh, into the sink because at room temperature it's going to become a solid again. And, um, you know, if you're doing that a lot, you would have the potential maybe to clog your drain, and we don't want to do that. Um, so, Joe, you got this funny look on your face. Yeah, no, I didn't know that it would turn back into a solid. That's yeah, at room interesting. Yeah, at room temperature, it has the potential to, which, you know, a lot of people uh, use coconut oil to cook with, and so it's probably a good idea to wipe out your pan uh, you know, with a paper towel or something as much as possible before you clean that, that pot. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to talk about quercetin and um, give you some ideas on how to keep gray hair away. You know, what I could use this. I'm starting to get a lot of gray hair on the side of my head. Well, it happens. Uh, I've, I've, I've got a little bit. So... Um, so uh, quercetin is uh, a type of flavonoid. Uh, it's a plant pigment. Uh, it has a- antiviral activities. Uh, it can work as an antihistamine. Uh, you know, we uh, quercetin got a lot of attention during the COVID, you know, because it helps uh, inflammation. Uh, it it uh, actually has a positive role in heart disease. Uh, uh, anti-hypertensive. Uh, it, it actually is anti-obesity, uh, uh, improves cholesterol. Um, so there was a, a very small study using uh, quercetin-rich uh, uh, red uh, grape polyphenol extract. So uh, grapeseed is a, another uh, flavonoid-type product. Uh, and it showed improvement in uh, endothelial health. That's the lining of the, the blood vessels. Uh, it inhibits uh, platelets, uh, has some uh, blood pressure lowering effects, uh, has some uh, effects on lowering uric acid. Uh, so uh, it, pretty interesting. It also uh, can inhibit the oxidation of uh, LDL cholesterol. So here we have a, uh, a nutrient that has some pretty sweeping uh, impact uh, on the body. Uh, its, it's greatest uh, impact is as an anti-allergy product. And what it does is it modulates histamine uh, in, in mast cells. Usual dose is 500 to 1,000 milligrams uh, four times a day. Uh, as far as its antiviral effect, uh, it acts as a zinc ionophore, which means it helps get zinc inside the, the cellular membrane into the cell, which stops uh, viral replication. So that was the, the reason zinc became uh, important in treating viral infections. And uh, you may remember one of the possible mechanisms of the hydroxychloroquine that was villainized was that it it does the same thing in getting zinc inside the cells. Uh, quercetin is also uh, known to uh, affect uh, adenoviruses, herpes simplex, uh, uh, 
uh, RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, which uh, you know now they have the uh, a vaccination for that I don't recommend. Um, but I will tell you that the quercetin works best if you take vitamin C with it. So it, it helps uh, it helps it uh, recycle uh, that that biflavonoid. So as far as uh, gray hair, so there's uh, when you have uh, oxidation, you don't have enough antioxidants on on hand. Uh, you're you're uh, you're basically producing hydro, hydrogen peroxide. So uh, we there used to be uh, people used to use peroxide to to lighten their hair, uh, which uh, I don't I don't know if that's still the thing or not, but uh, but it, it has been a well known tool for bleaching hair. Uh, so your your body as you age actually uh, increases uh, the production of this when you don't have enough antioxidants, including uh, bioflavonoids uh, on board. So graying hair graying is a could be a sign of aging and or an indicator of uh, oxidative stress induced damage, which uh, actually, uh, ha- and when you have that, you're aging prematurely. It's all uh, nutrient related, and uh, of course, as as we age, our ability to uh, absorb nutrients and and uh, be healthy is a little more challenging, I would say. Um, got a little bit of time here before the. The next break. I'm gonna see if we can. So, uh, you you may have heard that uh, reproductive rates are down. That's for, for many reasons. There's uh, uh, information that uh, the the COVID shot and or possibly the spike protein could ha- have an impact on that. In the actual literature from Pfizer, uh, adverse events of special interest. Uh, there was uh, anti-sperm antibodies along with a lot of other anti-body uh, function type things. But uh, apparently over the world, the, uh, there's been a 51, 50, almost 52% drop in sperm counts uh, over the last 50 years. And uh, this is accelerating. And you could talk about many reasons for that. But uh, one of the uh, really important reasons could be electromagnetic field exposure. People carrying their cell phones in their pockets, uh, and and this could be uh, effects uh, on reproductive systems of both men and women. Coming up on the break, we'll hear the music. Uh, stay tuned for Health Talk. We'll come back with this in just a moment. Welcome back to Health Talk. I do appreciate your listenership. Uh, come see us at Lowry Drug if you have health issues that you'd like to discuss. We were talking about electromagnetic fields and uh, reproductive systems of both uh, men and females. Um, so it was uh, there was a, a study published uh, recently, uh, uh, this month actually, found that uh, men that use their cell phones more than 20 times a day and who doesn't, um, had significantly lower sperm counts that 
those that use them once a week or less. So that's, uh, you know, it's kind of what, what do you do about that? You know, I, I will tell you that uh, I do recommend uh, Safe Shield. Uh, I have no association with them either directly or uh, financially, but uh, it is a device that, uh, that can, you can put on your phone that acts as a shield, and I, I, I used a EMF meter to confirm that it does work. You know, it's not perfect, but I think it, it certainly is a, is a, a good choice uh, for people. You can buy them online. Uh, I don't think they're terribly expensive. So uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, with the EMS, we now have the 5G. And uh, one of the things that, that happens, I'm, and I'm not completely sure of the, the mechanism of this, but the, uh, the, the uh, microwave-type radiation affects uh, something called the calcium uh, channel uh, voltage gates and, and so this actually allows calcium to get into the cell in, in a way that uh, is not uh, it's not supposed to happen. Uh, I will mention too that uh, uh, pregnant women need to be careful with uh, electromagnetic magnetic fields uh, you know because apparently there's uh, uh, exposure to uh, these frequencies uh, can increase the risk of a woman's miscarriage, uh, which would be quite unfortunate, of course. So uh, things to continue to uh, watch out for. I, I will mention, too, that if, you, if you've got a laptop, and uh, a lot of young men use laptops uh, to, uh, you know, and, and they just they don't use a de uh, desk. Uh, it's just in their lap. Uh, that's obviously a, a bad idea. So uh, the last part of the uh, the program here, uh, I think we talk a little bit about uh, gallbladder uh, issues. So uh, a lot of times digestive issues can be related to a lot of things. It can be related, obviously, to the eating the wrong foods, food allergies, uh, poor uh, eating habits, uh, uh, drinking a lot of cold fluids, uh, eating uh, foods that maybe are uh, too fatty, uh, heavy uh, fried type foods, uh, puts a big demand on your, your gallbladder. And uh, your gallbladder uh, is a container. It's just a sac that uh, beneath your liver that stores and concentrates bile, which is produced by your liver. And it's used to break uh, break down the fat that you consume so that you can absorb it. Uh, the, the common bile duct from the gallbladder goes into the small intestines when uh, when fatty food passes that area. The bile is made up of water, cholesterol, uh, lecithin, bile salts, and, and other things, including uh, pigments, which are uh, the cause the color of your stool is from the breakdown of uh, red blood cells. Uh, the primary uh, bile pigment, uh, pigment called bilirubin. Um, so uh, that uh, is part of the reason your, your stool is the, the color that it is. Uh, I will mention that uh, uh, one predisposing factor for getting gallstones is being functionally dehydrated. So if you're not drinking enough water uh, you're going to be functionally dehydrated. And also there's components of cholesterol that's broken down and hormones and a lot of other things. Uh, 
And then you have your pancreas, which uh, feeds into this duct, and your pancreas uh, also adds to uh, enzymes to the small intestine to break down food so that you can uh, absorb uh, that. So um, if you have digestive problems and you're eating fatty foods uh, and you end up with uh, abdominal bloating, gas, nausea, or diarrhea, shortly after eating, that could be an indicator of digestive issues. You ever have that, Joe? No, I actually <coughs> haven't. Good. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm a lucky one, huh? Well, maybe you're just healthy. I think so. I try to be. There you go. <laughs> uh, apparently, women are twice as likely to uh, develop uh, a gallbladder uh, issue as men. So if you... Uh, symptoms could be tender abdomen, uh, nausea, fever, chills, uh, you know, if you're... If your bile ducts get blocked, you're going to see uh, light-colored or chalky stools, and that's a that's that's a big problem for sure. So if you if you su- suspect that you're having an issue, one of the old uh, treatments for that is uh, about a half a teaspoonful of Epsom salts in kind of warm water. And if you drink that and it relieves the, the discomfort, it's both the treatment and, and, and it can be diagnostic because the magnesium kind of relaxes the smooth muscles. Um, so that is one intervention. Now, you know, this can get serious, so, you know, you have to uh, be careful if it's persistent because it could get into uh, some issues. And a lot of people have had their gallbladder removed because of, problems and stones. Uh, there is a homeopathic product by Natural Creations. Uh, it's LVGB for liver, gallbladder, HP, and I may have that reversed, but um, that can also uh, improve uh, people that are having attacks like that. Uh, one of the reasons for the gender difference is that uh, apparently estrogen uh, does have an impact on cholesterol uh, demands for cholesterol because your cholesterol uh, is what you make your hormones from. Uh, so that uh, that may be part of the part of the issue for that. So gallstones are uh, crystallized bile, and uh, if they become large enough to block the the duct, then you've got you've got a problem. And it could be could have a sudden onset of severe pain uh, in your upper uh, right quadrant. Uh, kind of under your rib cage, um, and you, you might have pain that radiates out to your right shoulder uh, as well. So it, it could be a life-threatening uh, type of issue um, if uh, you know, the, the, that tissue starts breaking down. So you, you certainly should uh, consider seeking some medical attention if it's, if it's severe. Uh, there are uh, products out there that, that help, uh, uh, reported to help uh, with uh, gallstones, dissolve them. And um, you know, one of the things that we've used for some stones, and if, if, if you have stones, you know, kidney stones, gallstones, uh, you've got gout, uric acid buildup, uh, one of the first things to do is make sure you're hydrated well. 
magnesium chloride can help uh, demineralize uh, some of the, the kidney stones that uh, has been successful along with a herbal product called Kidney Comp. Uh, there's a, there are uh, products that help uh, with gallstones as well. Uh, there's all kinds of liver, gallbladder, flush type uh, formulas out there. Uh, you know, and there's quite a few of them. We we have we have one of the the uh, at the store that utilizes a product called Superfos, which is a uh, a type of uh, acidic product that helps uh, demineralize some of those stones. Which uh, one of the things to to keep in mind. You know when you're when you're trying to get healthy, is hydration, uh, good good bowel movements. Uh, it's kind of like if people want to do all these detox things. You got to make sure your pipes are open, so to speak, to begin with. Uh, good bowel movements, good uh, liver, uh, gallbladder function flowing good. So uh, a lot of times people will do uh, some of these flushes just as a. Uh, predecessor to some other type of a detox thing. So if you, a lot of people don't have gallbladders, uh, it may be helpful to uh, use products with that. Uh, there, there are digestive enzymes that are available. Uh, there's something uh, called ox bile, which is very similar to human uh, bile. Uh, it contains uh, lipase, uh, type digestive enzymes for fat uh, so you know one of the things with that too is if you if you don't have a gallbladder and you're not making uh, breaking down fat then you're you're not going to be getting the kind of fats in your body that you you may need uh, symptoms uh, of uh, problems with not being able to uh, digest fat would be uh, sticky stools ones that float uh, digestive upset uh, and interestingly enough, chronic dry skin and hair loss are commonly associated with not digesting fats properly. So uh, there are a lot of products out there, uh, a, lot of, a lot of choices, but uh, there are things that you can do, uh, as you already know, that in some cases don't cost a lot of money that can help you take care of yourself, and, and, and that's some of the goal. I, I do like... Uh, Things that are home remedies, I think those are neat and, and uh, in some cases can be quite helpful. Come see us at Lowry Drug here in Statesville. I'm Fred Lowry, pharmacist and doctor of natural medicine. You've been listening to Health Talk. Come see us.